Hello there. I'm in room 5B here at Blossom Valley Bible Church, the uh, same seat I would be sitting in uh, uh, doing our Sunday class uh, after the church service uh, in normal times. Uh, I sure miss that. I miss the people. I miss looking around the room. I can imagine the faces. People tend to sit in a lot of the same places, and uh, you guys aren't there, but hopefully you and, and others are uh, watching, and hopefully uh, these videos are, are helpful. Um, that that's my prayer, of course, that this will be uh, somewhat church-like. I mean, meaning church the experience as far as the learning, the teaching. Uh, fascinating subject, the subject of knowing God. We're on part five, which is God's attributes. This is part two of two of five. So when I say part five is the one subject, his attributes, we did it last time, the first part, and uh, this is the second part of that, uh, God's attributes. Uh, I finished, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by the way that I finished last time, by reading Psalm 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Last time we talked about, uh, just highlight, without going spending too much time, highlight what we discussed last time. Uh, God's attributes are not the same as words we use for people, words like characteristic or quality or traits. They're very different. Uh, I won't repeat the, the rest of it that goes with that, but, but they're a different thing. And the reason they're different is God doesn't change the way we do. We have characteristics that change all the time. Uh, God does not change also. Uh, who we are, our characteristics can contradict each other. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good, except for when I'm bad. God is always good, you know, so you don't know uh, contradiction there. So the word attribute is a good word, better than using uh, a word of characteristic as a, uh, instead of attribute. A another, number two, a divine attribute is something true about God, whatever God has in any way revealed as being true of himself. That's the, one of the definitions that uh, Tozer gave, and I described that last time. That's a good, simple definition, uh, but it's very, very helpful. Uh, we also talked about the fact that there were different ways of classifying God's attributes. We discussed the most common one, that God... Uh, his attributes could be described as being incommunicable or communicable. Recall that. Communicable, the ones that are shared by people, um, good and love, faithful, merciful, wise, and so forth. People can have those. Not in the same way that God does. Not to the degree God does. That would be ridiculous. Um, and yet, we've been made in God's image, and you can see this in people. The other one is incommunicable. Uh, these are attributes which cannot be communicated to people. We are not like God. Okay, and that is uh, fundamental but worth uh, repeating. Only God is, and you could fill in a lot of attributes, eternal and self-existent and infinite and omnipresent, and you can go on and on with those kind of attributes. I want to talk about another principle having to do with God's attributes. You may not have heard this. It may sound a little tough. The, the uh, notes, the handout sheet that I described will help if I'm not clear about it. I think, I think if I can say it right, the notes are good, so it should be clear. But, but the handout notes will help, too. Uh, this principle in understanding uh, God's attributes is called, referred to as the unity or the harmony of his attributes. 
The attributes don't stand alone, God's attributes. They're to be considered together. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to give you examples so you know what I'm, I'm saying. Um, recall the passage I read from Second Timothy. That was last time, but you'll recall uh, that God is faithful and he doesn't change. And I said those two attributes of faithfulness and uh, being unchanging. They're two attributes, but they're both true. And therefore, one could say, one does say, not only is God faithful, but his faithfulness does not change. God doesn't change. God is faithful. Therefore, his faithfulness does not change. Because you can talk to a person, so-and-so is faithful. Well, let me tell you something. You know about Demas? Remember the name Demas? You may or may not recall it. Uh, he's mentioned three times in the New Testament. We don't know much about Demas. Uh, three times in Paul's letter. You know, toward the end of the, Paul's letters, he often writes uh, personal greetings, either to the people he's writing to or people that are with me now, because they're letters. His letters are letters. Um, and, and Colossians. Now, Colossians is written around 62 AD, approximately. And Paul writes, uh, the first time we've heard this name, Demas. And he says in Colossians, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. No description of the person, just a name uh, and so forth. And, of course, we know Luke, and this is where we learn uh, he was a doctor. It's in Colossians. It's nowhere else. Uh, the little letter of Philemon, written about the same time as Colossians. Uh, he's, Paul writes, uh, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, uh, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow co-workers. He lists several fellow co-workers, one of them being Demas. Second time he's mentioned in Scripture. Second Timothy, written a little later than those other books, those first two books, uh, a few years later, shortly before Paul's death, towards the, the end of his life. Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. One of the really sad verses to read in Scripture. A lot of people have done that. Demas got his name in the Bible, but others have done that as well. Love the world. Stop following the Lord. Demas changed. I'm, I'm talking, I've been talking about God, God not changing. People can change. Demas, we all change in, in, in small ways. Hopefully we don't ever change in big ways of, of this sort, but Demas did. I mean, I mean, nobody names their son Demas. It's not, it's a sad thing. My point is God unchanging. So I'm talking about this unity or harmony of his attributes. So God is faithful and he won't change. We've talked about that one. Um, two attributes, God is powerful, he's infinite. Therefore, his power has no limit. He's infinite, powerful, um, no limit. God is wise and God is eternal. Okay, um, He's always been wise. He will always be wise because he's eternal. So his wisdom is an eternal wisdom putting attributes together. Now, hopefully, if you're getting this, your head's starting to go, whoa, wait a minute. That, that, just think of different attributes you know and that they're all true all at the same time. Um, if your head gets kind of confused that way, it means that's a good thing. You, you may be... Uh, you may be getting it. One more. God is omnipresent. Okay, he's everywhere. That doesn't mean he's good. I mean, let's say let's say God or bad. He's not bad, but he could be a bad God everywhere. So God is omnipresent, but God is also loving. Therefore, he can say something like, not only he can say it, only he can say, I will never leave you 
nor forsake you. Never leave you. I'm, I'm not present. You can't hide from God. We know all that. I will never leave you nor forsake you because he loves you. So that, that just putting those together. And, and this is part of the reason why we don't just use the word characteristics uh, when we should use uh, this idea of attributes. They're a, a good help. Not that they're an end in themselves, okay, because God being infinite, but, but they help us in uh, this understanding. They are the way God is and the way he always is. It isn't just it's not like some of the time, it's all the time. You may be asking, what about when his attributes seem to contradict each other? And I know you would ask that. You wouldn't say what happens when his attributes contradict each other because then the teacher would jump all over you and say they don't contradict. But, but a good question, what about when they seem to contradict each other? Well, uh, the short answer to that is God never expresses certain attributes at the expense of others. Um, but for God, it's, of course, not a contradiction. We have to learn about these different things and, and, and come to that knowledge, and that's a challenge. And, and, and people that don't believe Scripture will uh, get things which look different, say, see, it's wrong. And it's not wrong, but it takes often good explaining or studying to get a handle on it. And I have some examples here of what I'm, I'm talking about. Um, you know, when Scripture says, in one place, Scripture says God is just, uh, and in another place, He's merciful. I mean, just meaning he'll judge sin and so forth. Another place, he's merciful. We know that he's both just and merciful. Now, understanding that, that's a different subject. That's a challenge to our minds. And yet God is both of those. And if he was only one, he wouldn't be God, and it wouldn't be a good thing. You've, probably, you've likely heard or read explanations of that before. I'm not going to go. In, I'm tempted to go into more detail, but I, I shouldn't do that for uh, for this video. Um, uh, the words love and wrath are, are clearly uh, attributes of God when you read your scripture. You can't read it and just read the love parts, or you can't be negative and look just at uh, the wrath parts. Oh yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah. We like that. It's both. God is both. Uh, there's an interesting verse, Romans uh, 11, verse 22. Now, I'm not going to discuss the context. It's a, a challenge and kind of lengthy to get in that context. But there's an interesting sentence within Romans 11:22. Note the kindness and the severity of God. One sentence, the kindness and the severity. Because in our minds, we say, well, those are different. Well, they are different. But God is both of them. Another time this, this idea can help us is looking at, considering the Trinity. Is God one or is God triune? Uh, the word triune is where we get the word Trinity or three and one. I like the word triune. Um, but is God one or is God three? Well, he's one in one way and three in another. But the answer is, yes, God is one and also God is a triune God. One way of looking at this, a very good way, is that uh, at first this may appear to be a contradiction. One isn't three and three isn't one. Okay, that's, that's true. But this is not a contradiction. It's a paradox. It's a paradox with an explanation. Now, Lord willing, we'll have further teaching. Uh, I mentioned before uh, about the Trinity. Uh, spent several weeks in, in class, and uh, it's a good study that I think will help make a lot of that clear. But for now, I just want to say in terms of the way God's attributes are, 
that when you're reading something that seems like God is three, and that's what the conclusion is, there's just three in one God, and yet, uh, hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Okay, that statement is true. That did not become untrue when the New Testament came along. It remained true that it's one. Likewise, these three and one in the Old Testament as well. Uh, another one, here's another example on this thing of uh, looking at... Uh, Attributes, one, looking at it like one at a time and not looking at uh, the bigger picture. Um, the word love. How about the word love? God is love. Okay, that, that comes to our mind. And even if you don't know the Bible or if you're not a believer, you know that, uh, that term that Christians say that God is love. But the people focus only on God's love or, or primarily on God's love. Well, many people do, uh, both non-believers and believers. Oh, I like the God of love. I don't like this other God. That, you've, you've heard that. You may have thought that. This, we have scriptures which talk about but there's way more than God is love. Just looking at God is. God is and fill in the blank. Just that subject alone. Uh, God is true. God is spirit. God is faithful. God is one. God is light. And God is a lot of things. You can go on and on. But then you get with another one. I'll give a third one here. Uh, Hebrews 12:29 is referring back to Deuteronomy 4. Hebrews, New Testament, chapter 12, uh, making a point, but it's using scripture from Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 4. Our God is a consuming fire. Now, we don't like that. That's who the scripture saying God is. This is why learning scripture is a lifelong thing, grasping this. I don't mean by sitting here and saying, I'm going to teach, which, by the way, kind of blows my mind. Um, no way am I saying that I grasp it fully, uh, understand it fully. I really don't. And uh, I'll, I stop before I go too far to things that I don't know. I don't want to speculate. I believe these things to be true. Uh, but there's a difference between, I'm off notes now, but I'm going to say this anyway. The difference between comprehending and apprehending. Okay, if I say to you, for instance, uh, God is a God of love and God is also a God of wrath. Well, you speak English. You heard what I said. You, you, you can apprehend what I said. Okay, Bob just said he's a God of love, God of wrath. Do you comprehend that? You say you don't comprehend it. Well, neither do I. But when we, when we come to trust the scriptures, and another thing that can take us a long time in seeing how, they're, how they are written and, and, and getting into the depth of them and how other people have studied and getting into the depth and so forth. And more and more, we have confidence in the scriptures. We trust the scriptures. So when they say things like that, uh, the, the, the lack of understanding, the, the, the thinking it's a contradiction, that's my part. It's not on the truth. Because as you study them longer, then all of a sudden things that didn't make sense start making sense. Oh, that's how it can be this and this. Um, and I think when we do a fuller job on the Trinity, it will be like that. And once again, I'm not ever saying I, I grasp it fully. Okay, that was off the notes. Now i got to look down and find my notes again. This is just like the real class. I, I, I'm not that smooth, okay. Okay. Getting toward the end here, not quite yet. So what I just discussed, uh, I, I wrote my notes. I said, this is important. 
And I said, parentheses, I mean it. I, I said that because teachers, and I, I do that. This is important than every other thing. This is important. It's all important. But this is important. Um, here's a statement from the uh, ESV, which is the uh, English Standard Version Study Bible, an excellent study Bible. Um, if you want to buy a study Bible, look at it first. Try to read one first because some of them are lighter and so forth. ESV uh, study Bible, I found it, and not just myself, but many people, to be a really good statement from their uh, commentary. Considering God's attributes independently of each other leads to unbalanced, idolatrous conceptions of God. Oh, do you hear that? That was a strong statement. Considering God's attributes independently of each other leads to unbalanced, idolatrous conceptions of God. Idolatry is one of the worst sins we can think of. Idolatry is assuming that God is different than he is. Okay. Uh, Tozer says that. It's, uh, it's a definition from Tozer again. The idolatrous heart assumes that God is other than he is and substitutes a false god for the true God. Idols are not just little statues or, or, or things like that. We have, have idols in the heart. You may have studied that subject. There's a lot of ways. Okay, we can have idolize a person. We can idolize, uh, you know, somebody's yacht. Or you go on and on and on because we're sinners. He, he's talking about assuming that God is one way when He's a different way. Substitute, say God is like this, and it's wrong. You're worshiping a wrong thing. If you say He's like this and He's not, and you want to worship that, well, you're worshiping a non-God. That's not the same as examining the truth for the truth. When you say to God, I say to God. I don't understand this. This and this would seem to be a contradiction. I'm not saying I believe this and this, don't believe that. I just, I don't get it. God is a good God. God understands our struggle. He's infinite. We are not. And he knows that. I think he approves of our searching and asking him and praying. Uh, and, and, and again, searching scriptures, talking to others that... Uh, Others who have studied the issues themselves and, and walked the walk. I keep I, I I say study a lot and read the scripture and yet a lot of I, I know I know people that don't seem to study and read enough and yet have such wisdom of understanding that I, I that I don't have and so it's not just a brain thing you know we're not studying a this isn't going to be a math test or something it's it's much more than that it's spiritual and it's within you. Another quote from Tozer. Again, he's, he's clear and he's so good. This, and this I said in the very first lesson. That's been a while now. I'm sure you forgot. That our idea of God correspond as nearly as possible to the true being of God is of immense importance to us. Immense importance. We want our idea of God to correspond as nearly as possible to the true being of God. Okay? Being people, we can't understand fully, but we want to be as close as we can. And we certainly want to say, I don't know, when we don't know. A few, uh, a few things on the handout to mention. Um, I'm not going to go at length on these either, but um, one of the things I just said, remember these things. One, God being infinite must possess attributes about which we can know nothing. Uh, 
I have on the I also have reference some references on the bottom of this particular handout. I don't recall which one this came from, but it was somebody else's words that were quite good. Um, but for God to have attributes we don't know anything about, that just changes everything, doesn't it? There goes any idea of trying to figure them out completely. Um, you, you can't. Heaven is going to be so cool. Getting to know God. Forget, I mean, that's sure you want. I want to see Aunt Martha just like you want to see your Aunt Martha. I don't have an Aunt Martha, but yeah, no, no. But knowing God, Jesus face to face, learning, understanding. Back on the script. Also in the handout, the divine attributes are qualities of the entire Godhead. God had been Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus is a model of God's attributes. That's an interesting thought. I'm just going to say a few little things on it. But it's something as we get to know Jesus more and more, we can see that. Uh, the argument is he human or divine. And of course, the answer is he's both. But when you're going on the divine side, Jesus is really God. You start seeing that more and more because he has the attributes of God. I mean, God creates things. Jesus, what does he do? Well, Loaves and fishes. Remember the guy's eye and stuff. I mean, a couple of scriptures here on this point of God being a model. Pardon me, Jesus being a model of God's attributes. Uh, Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. For I, the Lord, do not change. New Testament, Hebrews chapter 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and a day and forever. Sounds the same, doesn't it? Old Testament. This is the Lord, Yahweh. I don't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. Jesus doesn't change either. Uh, here's another two of them from the Old Testament, Psalm 44. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. God knows the secrets of our hearts. In Matthew 9, uh, Jesus had just told a man that his sins were forgiven. And then it says in chapter 9, verse 3 and 4, And some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Psalm 44, God knows the secrets of the heart. Jesus, talking to these, uh, <sighs> these people, says, why do you think evil in your hearts? He knows that just like was described for God in Psalm. So that's a, uh, uh, a tremendous uh, thing that Jesus, uh, I'm not going to develop that. I wish I would have had time, but I'm not. But he is a model of God's attributes as well. Uh, I mentioned references on the handout. There's about six there. I think I've, I mean, actually there probably could be more. But they're handy, uh, and I do them for a few reasons, if you want to look at that and get ideas of things to look at. But also, um, I'm not just, it's not a matter of me just getting my Bible reading and saying, here's a bunch of information. I'm following people who are, they have been you know, such scholars, trustworthy scholars. Now, you, there's a lot of baloney out there. Don't hit Trinity on, on your internet and say, well, what is the Trinity? You'll get funny answers. Um, 
I did that actually once in class as an example. I, I did the word Trinity and the first thing that popped up was a cult's definition of Trinity. And I said, now I got this internet, so it must be true. And I read it, and of course it was false. But uh, there are good authors and good writers. And we have to use our head and don't just trust them blindly. Uh, but I use them as well. It's not a matter of me or anyone just discovering this on his own. I mentioned about the videos. See, I think I mentioned that on the previous session. I only said the first session a little while ago, but you're going to hear it maybe a week different or something. What I mentioned on our website, bostonvalleybiblechurch.com, you have not only uh, the videos, and I'm talking now not just the Sunday sermons, but the others, the ones with George uh, and Derry and, and, and myself. Um, and the handouts that I've made are attached uh, there. They're on our PDF downloads, and so you can get them. I'm not going to tell you yet what the next subject is. I'm still knowing God. I want to continue, but I'm deciding there's a couple of ways to go because there's so much uh, information, and uh, it's it's hard to put these together. I mean, I love doing it, love sharing it. Uh, I want it to bless you. Um, I'm not sure which one I'm going to do next. Now I won't say anything beyond that. May God bless you all. May God bless you richly. We're in crazy times, but look at the God that we have. Look at the God that we have. Way the difficulty of the time starts fading away, the more we can focus on Him. Keep the faith. Always. Always keep the faith. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. And you restore every heart. That is broken. Sing it to Great are you, Lord. Cause it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out Every 